Welcome back to the Work Miha podcast, a place for mujeres motivated to cultivate the life they deserve. I am your host, Sochi Carmona, founder of Work Miha, an apparel and accessories brand for Latinas who unapologetically celebrate their culture through empowering and relatable messages. Thank you for joining me and enjoy these inspiring conversations. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Melissa Barrios. Melissa is a licensed clinical social worker and Reiki practitioner, but you can also call her a feminist, bruja, advocate, hype girl, and non-judgmental listener. Melissa is also the owner of Wicked Wick Candles, which she started in 2020 and introduced Healing Without Limits in 2021. Her intention with Healing Without Limits is to offer a safe space for folks to tap into their power and ancestral medicine to support them on their journey. Her goal is to empower, support, listen, and advocate for the people she works with so they can overcome the challenges they are facing, find their voice, trust their gut, and unlock their authentic selves. I'm so excited to have her here on the podcast today, especially since it's Mental Health Awareness Month. So let's learn more about her journey. Welcome, welcome, Melissa. Hi, thank you for having me here. And like, hi, everyone. I'm super excited to be here today. Yes, I'm super excited. I've known Melissa here for a minute now in the pop up world in the friend world. So I'm excited to have her here (laughs) on the podcast and get to know more about her, what she's doing. But before we get into that, we like to get a little astrological with it. Melissa here is also a bruja, so she kind of knew these things and is willing to share. But we like to talk about what we call the top three of your astrological makeup. So that's your sun, your moon, and your rising. So the sun sign, most yep. of us know that. It's your identity and where you shine. Your birthday, Melissa here, is a Libra sun. And for those of us who don't know, Libras are known as the scales. They bring that peace to conflicted situations, balance justice seekers and they're always looking some type of cute you can like spot a libra i was like look at that lipstick i saw it if anybody oh watching my God. thanks i appreciate it i also know you're a makeup guru and i was like i gotta throw on my lipstick to show yes her. add the lipstick add the hoops <laughs> all the cuteness we love it <laughs> so now for her moon sign our moon sign rules your body and your emotions she is a leo moon they are bold brave unapologetically bright but also i want to mention every time i have a candle guest always in the top three there's going to be a fire placement somewhere so i was like where is that fire placement in the moon (laughs) i love that and then for your rising sign which can be your motivation for life she is a capricorn rising they thrive in the workplace if you didn't listen to the resume it's not just one thing she does it's got to be multiple right (laughs) (laughs) they're about that business (laughs) so funny yeah i feel like uh every day i'm about that business and that's what i check myself on but thank that's you. so funny i feel like yeah as i got to know you i was like oh that capricorn like energy like i i feel that the most but then mm-hmm. also like mm-hmm. so on the podcast i work with a lot of uh creatives a lot of professionals and sometimes for my podcast guests i love my creatives but for them to respond to an email is i get it i'm a creative too you know it's a little bit tricky but i was like okay Melissa's a Capricorn rising. She's going to be on it. I set the deadline for Tuesday. I need everything. She said, how about Monday? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I am deadline you give me and I'm following it. Um, When we first met, I guess, actually like being able to interact, it was interesting because you were like, I thought you were a Capricorn. And I was like, dang, those are the vibes I give out. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, now that we got to get to know you a little astrologically, can you tell us more about who you are, where you're from, and what inspired you to join the mental health field? I feel like that's so loaded and there's like so many things. Um, but my name's Melissa. Um, actually, fun fact, I started trying to tell folks to call me Melissa. Um <laughs> Because my mom, okay, so quick story. My mom always writes to me like birthday cards and stuff. And I noticed in all the envelopes, she would have one S. And I was like, girl, you named me. Like, why do you keep misspelling my name? And so I finally asked her and she said that, you know, when she had me in the hospital, I was like her first born child in the U.S. Both of my parents are from Guatemala. She said that she told him she wanted my name to be Melissa and then I guess they like added an extra S to like Americanize Ooh. it. Um, so I'm like, damn it. Like Melissa is my American name. <laughs> Melissa is my actual name. So I'm going to throw that out there. Um, and so, yeah, both of my parents are natives in Guatemala. They came and migrated here in their 30s. Um, so I was their first born child in the States and I was born and raised in Chicago. I grew up in Albany Park, which I have to rep every single time anyone asks me like where I'm from just because it has a very interesting, I don't know, people have interesting perspectives on Albany Park, but I love it so much. Um, so I grew up there um, and I've stayed in Chicago throughout the whole time, except when I was in college. Um, and I think about me, um, like, I think what you see is what you get with me. And so I'm a very down to earth person. Um, I've been in the healing, I guess, space for going on like a decade now. Um, and my journey did not start off with mental health. And so I think for me, like throughout my life, I think I would dabble into like my, my spirituality and then I would kind of get scared of like things I would hear and see and I'd be like oh I don't want to do this anymore it's too creepy and I would like stop and then I would like go back into it and out and then I want to say like after graduating high school um, I was actually going to go to art school and so I had won a scholarship to go to an art school and I was going to go do that and then I was like wait like <laughs> Although this is awesome, like what kind of jobs does someone get with, you know, an art degree? Like it was just a lot, especially because like, as I said, I was the first born here in my family, but I was the first one to graduate high school, first one to go to college, like even grad school, like it was all very foreign to me and my family in general. So literally, I want to say like the week before I was supposed to join art school, I was like, I can't do this. Like I need to do something else. Um, and I was like, well, I want to be with people and help people. Like, what does that look like? And so I removed myself from art school and I was like, okay, I'm going to do nursing now. And so nursing was, I think the only way that in that moment in my life, I was like, this is how I can help people. And so I did about like two years in nursing program and I hated it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a fan of these sciences. Like this isn't really like, it felt so cold to me um being in those classes and getting the information and even you know just like the interactions with my my colleagues at the time the professors it just did not feel like 
that warmth and connection that I at least wanted to have was there. And so um, one of my friends who was in school with me too, she was like, this isn't for me. Like we're both in nursing program, but we both were like, this is not feeling like it's aligning with us. And so we're like, okay, so like, how else do we help people? Like, what does that even look like? Um, and then we found this fun thing called social work. <laughs> and we're like, oh, what is social work? You know, that sounds cool. Um, and so I started taking more sociology classes, social work, and I absolutely loved learning about like why people do what they do, like why someone is how they are, right? And like how they show up, how they interact with the world, like all of those things. And I was like, okay, this feels awesome. Like I want to do this. At that time, I honestly had no clue what I was going to do with that. Um, I thought all like I was just like, okay, this is just the new route. Um, and then so I did that. And also before going to college, I surprised my parents that I was going to go to college. Like they had no idea I was going to college until they noticed I was buying my little stuff here and there. Like I was buying like my little refrigerator, like all these things. And they're like, what's happening? And I was like, I'm going to college. And they're like, what? <laughs> Because, <laughs> um, again, it wasn't the norm. And mm -hmm. so, like, I think I was, like, unintentionally going with the flow without really knowing that I was going with the flow in many ways. Because, again, like, I would hit a wall and be like, oh, okay, like, rerouting, let's see what this looks like, you know, next option. And so, yeah, I did social work, sociology, and Spanish in undergrad. And then I was like, okay, what do I do with this now? <laughs> Once I graduated, I was like, okay, now what? Um, and then I looked at like work field stuff and I was like, oh crap, like, I, I don't even know what I do. I'm barely going to get paid. Like, what do I do now? Um, and so like, you know, this probably isn't very Capricorn of me, but like two days before the deadline for grad school application to be due, like I decided to just do it. And so I was thankful I had professors who were like, yes, do it. We'll support you. And like, we're helping me out in this like 48 hour time crunch to get in this application. Um, and so I went to grad school and then I did social work. And then I'll say like throughout that time, like I was interning at domestic violence agencies. I was interning at community mental health agencies and like basically trying to navigate like, what does this look like for me to have this degree and be in this field? Um, and what kind of like population do I want to work with? Um, and I think I was putting a lot of pressure on myself as to like what population, you know, so throughout, I'll say my journey, I've like gone in and out of like clinical setting to like community settings to like hospital settings. Um, and ultimately I found myself back at like working one-on-one -on -one with folks. Um, and then I'll say like during COVID, so like COVID hit and I think like for everyone in general, I think COVID impacted us all in different ways, but it definitely helped me kind of align myself with who I am, what did I want to do, how did I want to show up with my community, like who I wanted to work with, like it it did it all, not in the most smoothest, glamorous way, but it did it, right? Like universe is like, this is what's happening. Um, so I was in a group practice then and I remember like as soon as things started shutting down and like folks started losing their insurance because like that's what you know we took was insurance I couldn't meet with them anymore and that was like really hard for me because I was like well how else can I help like how else can I show up like we all are in need of healing right now like what does that look like and I always wanted to do intention candles but I like 
I, I don't think I ever prioritized it. It was just like something that was in the back of my mind. I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. And then I think this time around, I was like, okay, like maybe this is another outlet, right? Like, I think I started to challenge myself as to like what healing looked like. Cause I think at that point, you know, before when I first started in school, it was very much so like healing looks like therapy. Mm -hmm. And now I don't, I don't think that's true anymore. Um, I think it looks like a variety of ways, but I, and I think that was my first step towards really sitting with that because I was like, there's energy, there's other ways that I can offer healing. And so that's when I started Wicked with Candles. So I was still like in the group practice I was at and offering healing in other ways. And that's when I started offering Reiki services to people because I was like, okay, like at my job, I could do this. And also aside from that, I can find other ways where I can like reach out to other folks who might not be able to reach me in this, like in this world, right? Like in me as a therapist. And then Little by little, like I, I started feeling like, man, I love kind of doing both, like showing up as the therapist, but also the parts of me that are the bruja, right? Like the parts of me that are like, you know, let's reach out to ancestors, like let's channel some messages, let's work with the elements, let's work like fire is like my favorite element to work with. And so I'm like, what, what do we do here? And I really felt that strong pull of like, okay, I need to do something for myself and for my community that's not traditional. Like, it's not traditional to kind of blend these modalities together. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. And I was terrified of doing it because, again, like, I think I've been the first in many ways in my family and just, like, in my own network of doing these things that I had no idea, like, what it was going to look like, but I knew I had to do it because it just felt best for me and I felt best for, like, who I was going to be working with and how I wanted to work with people because I was trying to detach from like, I have to show up as a therapist only. I was like, no, like I kind of want to honor these other parts of me. Right. And so that's when I opened up healing without limits. And since then, like I'm still learning a lot. I've been, it's been like over a year and a half of my private practice. It's just myself. Um, but it's been a lot of learning and it, I feel really, privilege and honored that I could show up authentically as myself and like you know I was so nervous at first I was like people are gonna get freaked out like when they see I'm a Reiki practitioner and I work with energy and like I do these things like you know is that going to be a turnoff for folks but I'll say like I was very like surprised and grateful that it was the opposite of that like I have folks reach out to me because they're looking for that more holistic approach because they're just not like hey I'm trying to go see someone who's like chilling with their clipboard and like yeah, <laughs> just making me feel like a number, you know, so like, that's where I'm at now. And, and I guess like, you know, big answer to your question, but like, that's kind of like where I started, how I, how I started things, who I am, what I stand for, kind of all in one. That's funny, because that was actually a question I was going to ask, because I feel like, yeah, like you said, the two things that you're kind of doing I feel like it's like traditional type of maybe like therapy which with more of kind of who you are the practices you're kind of familiar with like in your social work therapy world like does that like something you've heard from people like oh that's clashing like how are you gonna do that like were you given like what response were you given when you kind of told maybe people within your field like that's what I'm gonna do yeah um, so I, I think I got several responses, but I'll say that the majority of folks were, I think one probably like questioning me of like, that's like the, I think the catchphrase I kept hearing was like, 
that's very woo-woo stuff or like that's very like you know that's not like science-based that's not research-based like I got a lot of that feedback and so I think for some folks like they were able to acknowledge and respect the fact that like okay these are your practices like this is not traditional but it doesn't mean that it's like wrong and it doesn't mean that it's not helpful and like it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it that way like if that's what aligns with you then cool um but I'll say like it was not the traditional route and and until now I think like more people are kind of being more holistic in their approach Mm -hmm. and like their practice in general but I'll say if I think about myself early on in my career and like when I was like fresh out of school like I would have probably been like, shit, like, I'm going to get, like, locked up for this. (laughs) Like, you're not supposed to, like, blend in these ways or you're not supposed to kind of step outside of, like, what it means of, like, what you learned in school type of thing. Mm. But it's called balance, right? (laughs) Right. Right. I love that. I love it, too. And so, like, would you say, like, in general, I feel like part of you and who you are really was like, this is the blend that we're going to do. And it just kind of goes back to like, how limited are we, for example, as like Latinas, people of color to find (laughs) um, that therapist that help who understand, I feel like where it comes down to like our culture, like I've heard the term culturally responsive therapist. Like, can you explain like to the audience, those of us don't really know what that means and why it's important to consider. Yeah. I think that's like loaded as well, just because I can tell you that, okay, like as a social worker, right, like in order for me to keep my license, I have to do like 30 hours of like trainings, you know, throughout, I think it's every two years. Um, And even then it's like a requirement is that we have, I believe it's like three hours of cultural competency. So like that's one of the requirements of us renewing our license and being able to continue to practice. So that literally just means like anything that like any kind of community or culture that you're learning about some, some culture, some community and seeing how to support them and whatnot. And so I think when people use that language, it's more or less to say like, okay, like I, you know, either from firsthand experience, I know what that's like, or like I've read about it, studied about it, all those things. And that's like, where that cultural competency comes from. Um, I think it is hard. Like I've seen statistics, like the last time I looked it up, it was just like, I think six or 7% of therapists are Latinx. And so it's very hard, I think, for our community to find people who look like them, but also just get it Mm -hmm. right. And like, just understand, like, you know, as a first gen, I'll say the majority of folks I see are also first gen or second gen. So like, you know, their parents are immigrants or like their parents were the firstborns in the country. And so those dynamics are super unique. And so that is where like, those are the practices because I experienced it firsthand and still do, right? Like it, it's still an identity I hold um, that I practice with folks and that's where I come from with folks. But that's what that would mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need, we need more <laughs> Latina therapists. Mm-hmm. We need like, because even for me, I was yeah. like, okay, I mean, when it comes to quote unquote shopping for a therapist, you know, someone that yeah. aligns with you, but then also kind of considering that, you know, I had a white male therapist just because I was like, it's online. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, say when yeah. someone's looking for the right, like therapist for them, like, what are some things that they should consider, like questions to ask? 
I think um, it depends person to person. Like, because I'll say, like, even as a Latina therapist, I don't think I could be the therapist for every Latina either. Like, I just, it's impossible for me to, like, vibe with every single person or for someone to feel like they can connect to me or feel um, comfortable, which I think are the first two things I would say is, like, you know, nowadays you could look up any kind of therapist. There's, like, several search engines where you could put in, for instance, if you're going to be using insurance, like, you could put in your insurance type and filter through that and get a whole list of folks who accept the insurance, who will work with you, you know, availability, all that fun stuff. Um, but I would say, like, if, if and when possible of, like, booking a consultation because you want to see how you feel during that consultation right like sometimes my consultations like it's kind of bs because it'll be like 15 minutes but sometimes our conversations are mainly like 30 minutes because i want to make sure i'm asking questions and giving space for the person to ask me questions too um but i think one is like maybe just like do you feel connected off just like maybe how the like how the person looks in the sense of like you know, as a Latina, like, I might look familiar to some people, like, I'll say, like, if sometimes my clients joke around of, like, oh, my God, we have the same hoops, mm-hmm. or oh, my gosh, we have the same hairstyle today, and so it's, like, just that familiarity is so important, um, but I think important questions to ask are, like, you know, what kind of modalities do you use in therapy, like, if you're going to ask a therapist, like, what does that look like, you know, what is a typical session with you look like, um, have you worked with people who also struggle with X, Y, and Z, or, you know, what, what is the population you work with? Like, do you have any specializations? Um, those I think are key, um, questions because while we all went to school, right. And we're all therapists, it doesn't mean we're all the same. Like we're all different. We all have different specialties. We all have our own personal life experiences and journeys that we also bring to the table. Um, And so I think that helps because I think one of the biggest um, also misconceptions is like all therapies just talk therapy and there's more than talk therapy. Um, And so even that of like, okay, do you just do talk therapy? Like, you know, what other things do you do um, could be helpful because I've met with folks who like... um, you know, they sign up for services and we're doing talk therapy and I'm like, okay, like I'm seeing this disconnect and it's like, oh, actually, because we need more, more somatic stuff. So like we need more breath work, we need more movement, we need more body work and like not everyone expresses or can process things in just words. And so I think that's also important to note because therapy could look very different than just the traditional interaction in speaking. Mm -hmm. And is that where you bring in kind of like the Reiki, like what does that all entail? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say like, it's a little tricky for me because with the fact that I work under insurances, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm contracted with an insurance. So like I accept folks who have insurance and also like people who pay out of pocket. So they have obviously their own guidelines that I could also follow licensure wise I also have ethics that I need to follow and so I try to implement a lot of more mindfulness into things a lot of I think more somatic work but I sprinkle that on um and I don't know if that'll change in the future like I'm low-key hopeful it does 
But I think because of the fact that I accept insurances, it makes it kind of tricky mm-hmm. because if I get audited and it's like, we did Reiki, it's like, well, we're not paying for that. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what do you even mean by that? What is that? So like, I think I try to be mindful of that and have um, a balance with it. And I also just provide those services separately or additionally to folks uh, who want it. And that's like out of pocket, completely separate. So like it is an option right and it is there but it's not necessarily under just me as a therapist if that makes sense I think for me it's been tricky and like I feel a little more comfortable now with kind of navigating right like when it's only like therapist me when it it, like when that has to be that way and and why and like what are the barriers are making it that way and also other ways of like okay that's how it looks here how else can I show up what else can I offer to also show up in this way and so with me, I'll say like, you know, I use a lot of meditation in my sessions, breath work, um, like I said, a lot of mindfulness, um, Reiki, like I will use like maybe again, more of like that mindfulness practice. So like towards maybe the end of session to like decompress and come back from, you know, whatever was talked about in that session. Um, and I've had some times where I'm like, okay, let's pick out like a client will be like, can we pick out a card of the day? And I'm like, sure. So I'll pick out a card from my deck or like have them pick out a card in their deck. And like, sometimes that serves as our guide as to also where they're at, what's coming up for them. So like, there's different ways of, of how it could look. I don't think it's like the same way. Um, and even the same way with every person I see. Oh, I like that. A session with Melissa sounds like so much fun. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to hang out too. Oh my Thanks. gosh. I love that. And so like, basically, so, you know, when you start off, like how many years was it that maybe you were with a uh, practice, like working with them as like a social worker? And then to when you started your like own practice, kind of like your own entrepreneurial journey, like what does that look like? Do you start with side clients, part-time to full-time? Like what is it, what's that progression looking like? Like where, I guess, when did that switch happen mm-hmm. for me? And, or like what, or like, I know there was logistics and things you're thinking of. So I was like, I don't know, do you just like jump full-time or is that something you'd start with like side clients too? I don't know how that works. With a private practice, I think it varies person to person. Like I have some friends and colleagues that, you know, work for someone or work doing something and then they have like their practice on the side where they'll see like a few clients a week. Um, I started off just a hundred percent being <laughs> on my own and a hundred percent like just doing that. So like when I started, there wasn't really a transition period because I I had to end where I was working at to see my own clients too. Like I I couldn't see both clients under the same, like I couldn't see clients in my space and also like my former like place of employment space. Like I had to be one or the other um, as well. So for me, like, you know, I was, like I said earlier, I was super nervous because I was like, what does this look like to open up my own practice? Um, I think a fear for a lot of um, social workers or therapists in general who are starting their private practice is like, am I going to have my caseload set up, you know, if I start 100%, which I was scared about because I was like, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I was like, super honored and thankful that I would say everyone who I had at my former place of employment chose to come with me. And so like that was I was super, super grateful and honored um, to have that because I mean, I was scared about it. And so um, thankfully, I didn't have that rough transition that I know happens, right? Because like, depending on availability is an issue depending on like if some if a therapist takes insurance or not is an issue of like who you're able to see as well like 
you know, I think there's so many things that can go wrong, honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> with it all. Um, and I think it looks different for people because like I have a friend um, and she's in the medical field and she's looking to transition and she's going to do it little by little because she's like, I need to build my caseload. Like I have a child. I need to pay bills. Like it, I can't just like 100% be like this. I'm going to start at zero and like just, you know, wait it out because it can take long to like build your caseload. So yeah, I think it looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome that your clients obviously loved you. <laughs> and they're like, no, I want to yeah. keep you. Um, so when it comes to you have your client base, when it comes to growing, like let's talk marketing, because mm-hmm. now, hey, this is yours. you got to market. You've got to, mm-hmm. you know, incoming clients, current clients. How do you get new ones? Like how do you go about that for your practice? Like are you going to bars, bathrooms, girls crying, slip them, slip them a <laughs> card, you know, like <laughs> girl come through (laughs) not at all I am not like it's funny because I'll say like the majority of my clients are all kind of around the same age and so it's funny you bring that up because there have been times where I see clients in spaces because I'm out in the community or because I'm out you know at concerts like I'm also human so like I like going to all these things and we'll bump into each other and like I've just been like let me be ratchet in peace (laughs) you could be ratchet in peace and like that's it um but I don't like I try my best to not be like I'm a therapist you know here's my car type of thing when I'm out in my personal life that hat is like hung up you know um but I'll say with marketing like I I have my Instagram profiles, but I also like connect with different community folks um, in different spaces in different parts of the city. Um, and I'll say like the majority of like clients that come in um, are from word of mouth, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So like, even though like, you know, I'm in these spaces and I, I will say like, I, I, I have the privilege that I have not had to do much marketing. Uh, like I haven't had to really prioritize a lot of my time during that like I love to do my little posts and stuff but um I'm not like you know I think about when I used to do community mental health clinic and I had to do like community outreach right like that marketing piece and it would take so much time like it was like a like two days out of the week I had to do that and so like that's not the case right now thankfully um so it looks a little different um overall I would say like it's those connections and like you know not only with friends but like community members other therapists like there's therapists that like I I don't know on a personal level but like I know of and like we are acquaintances and like we're also like referring to one another when we know who might be a good fit and whatnot so I think it really comes on to like relying on on community and that support um 100 percent yeah mm-hmm. so those networks that she's mosa culture because i mean if you're working you know with latinas like yeah. that that client referral that word of mouth yeah. that she's most it is strong it's called networking <laughs> like honestly that's like yeah. that's like perfection i love it yeah. and so you know throughout your journey or just in general just kind of being you know a latina in this space you know a person yeah. of color experiencing um growing your practice in the wellness space are like there specific like barriers or any like hurdles you know you had to overcome yes <laughs> i'm like i'm still currently overcoming like, what? <laughs> um, uh i think so it was a lot of learning like um i know i started so i have wicked wick candles right where i have my intention candles and like my reiki infused goodies that i sell and i had that before healing without limits but I felt like it was a, like it was a different scale, like a different, I guess, clientele mm-hmm. that I was having. 
And so transitioning over, like, I had to learn a lot of new things. Like, um, I had to do, like, all the, like, official LLC paperwork. You know, I had to look for um, insurance for myself um, for the practice and then also, like, my own health insurance, right? Like, I think it's, like, learning how, like, oh, and, like, now I have to, like, seek out benefits on my own. Like, I was so used to having my workplace um, provide that for me. And this time it was, like, oh, like, if I, you know, if I want to have, like, um, a retirement plan, like I have to do that on my own on the side, you know, if I want my own, um, like my own health insurance, I need to do that on the side as well. Um, so it was like navigating those things, um, making a space for myself. So like right now I'm like in my office, this is what typically my clients see as my background. Um, having that space that felt good for me, like creating that space that feels good for me. So like, you know, ensuring like I have my little like mat on the side and I just need to like to have a moment for myself. I have like my, my candles on this other side. Like the back here that you see is like, I'll say like my little mini store of candles. So like, I just like pop one open, ready to go when I need it. So like, it's been that. I think also like the finances. So like I had to save, you know, enough money to be able to start up. And like, I'll say it was very uh, privileged that starting a private practice and a remote one, cause I, I only work virtually, mm didn't require as much startup cost as it would if I if I had an like external office if I was seeing people in person that would look completely different um, like I would have to take those costs into consideration um, and then as like a business owner was like taxes like I paid taxes the other day and I just like wanted to cry um, like me and all my friends are just like what the but yeah so taxes is really hard navigating that um and even I think thinking about like I have so many ideas of like I want to do this I want to do that I want to offer this I want to offer that and so sometimes for me I like I definitely have to like recenter myself of like okay like where am I at now and like what can I do now because I wish I was like you know 20 of me to just do all these things I want to do and like offer to community and stuff but I can't and so um, just that, like that balance and also like I am my own boss. So sometimes it's like um, it's hard to have that balance because now I'm doing more than I used to. Right. Like I, I make time to like post some stuff sometimes or I make time like to do like that community, like networking. I make time to like respond to my own emails, to do my own like intake paperwork, to like book my own stuff. Like it's a lot of me. Versus like when I was in a group practice, like there was someone, there was like an intake coordinator, there was this, there was that, like all of that was taken care of. And I just like would show up, see my client and that was it. Or like now it's like way more than that. Um, I'm trying to think of any other struggles and hurdles. She's got a list. Um, and just like, <laughs> let me pop out my list. Just tell you some. Um, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but it's definitely, it's definitely a lot. Um, and with all that being said, right. is like remembering, like, again, like I'm human outside of this, like making time for myself, um, making time for like all these other things. And like, um, one of the biggest reasons too, that I like decided to branch off on my own was for more flexibility. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, now that I have the flexibility, like, what can I do? And I try to like balance of like, getting to and like I want to do all these things and offer all these things and being like oh but like you know <laughs> we need to have time for us too mm -hmm. so like those kinds of things um I think are ongoing for me at least oh, yeah practice what you preach right balance keyword balance I like yeah that balance <laughs> balance yes 
always aiming for that balance. Nice. And since you have, I know, a to-do list for the challenges, I know before we get to our lightning round question, my question is, what goals, I know you got a list, do you have if you can <laughs> share uh, for Healing Without Limits and or also Wicked Wick Candles? Yeah, um, I think like, I don't, I don't even know how to start this, but I think I've been in like such a transition. Um, and I think what I like, so I had a website with Wicked Wit Candles and then I stopped doing that. because I was like, this is taking too much of my time. Like I want to be able to be more with like connecting with folks versus like having to update this, taking pictures for like, I just like wanted to cut some of that in half at least. Um, I think my goal is to be mindful again of like how I'm utilizing my time um, and continue to offer community uh, offerings. So like, for instance, like it's not official official yet, but <laughs> I want to do like a lot of like healing circles, like at the beach, like mm -hmm. having or I'll say lake for folks who are not from Chicago and they're like, Chicago has no beach. <laughs> but yes, at the lake. I want to do a lot more of like stuff like that. Um, you know, I recently also transitioned into like opening books for readings. So like that's another route that I've like also taken. Um, but I think I really want to find a way like I've been trying to see if there are um, spaces like like I love like I've always was raised in the north side. Right. So I love south side. I'm like sometimes high key jealous of Pilsen because it's like they have such a, like, that neighborhood is freaking beautiful. The community is beautiful. Like, there's so many folks, like, you know, they have such an amazing and beautiful community set up. And, you know, there's such a, like, Buddha offerings. There's so many, like, and it, it's like, you know that when you want some of that, that's where you'll go to is, like, Pilsen. And those spaces are down south. And, like, I guess my goal with, like, what I do in general is to try to find a way to have, like, a north side center of some sort be it whether if it's virtual or like in I don't know like community spaces whatever that looks like but I want to have and create a safe space in the north side too because like for me like I I love going to stuff but I'll be like damn like it's so mm -hmm. far away like I have to like go out there and like me and my partner share a car so I'm like damn it like it's like so much like I'm like why is there anything like directly like to this spot you know so like I would really like to create more safe space on the north side so like folks can also have that you know sense of community we can have more Buddha has doing work and like healers of different sorts showing up in the north side as well because there are a lot of people you know who look like us who are up here looking for that safe space looking for that connection and so overall, I'll say, like, my goal is to branch out more in that way and, like, grow in that way of, like, um, offering these different spaces, offering my Reiki circles, offering my readings and workshops um, throughout, like, the year in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to start somewhere and hopefully we can expand from there. Yeah. But super excited for that. Yeah. Super excited to see how everything you're doing grows. And I've already got some content ideas for you, too. Yeah. We'll talk offline. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. But before we end, I have some fun lightning round questions for you. You can answer the first thing that comes to mind. Feel free to expand if you like. So the first question is, what is your favorite me time activity? Ooh, okay. So I guess the first thing that came to mind is free writing. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so like that looks like me just sitting down and just writing whatever's coming to mind or whatever messages I'm channeling. Like I like to free flow write. Okay, I like that. Next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received? I think it's been, and I, I guess I think of my dad and my dad's always been like, Itale ganas. like no matter what, just keep going. Whatever is going to come is going to come, but just keep going. So that is the best piece of advice. Nice. Applies to many things. Right. Next one. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours? Let's stick to one. So maybe <laughs> starting your own practice. Just start somewhere. I would say start somewhere. I think that especially I'll say in private practice, like I I would realize like I would start and then I'd be like, oh crap, I needed to do this and this first. Like now I have to do that. And then like reroute um and so i would say like do not get fixated on the end goal as in like that's like you know gonna happen overnight but just start anywhere because starting anywhere is already gonna get you ahead like don't wait for the perfect plan don't wait for like the perfect scenario to happen or the perfect time because it's not gonna happen like you just gotta start somewhere mm-hmm and actually, I'm going to do a bonus one for you that I don't normally ask people, but because it is Mental Health Awareness Month, yeah. like what advice do you have for anyone either starting or like on their healing journey? Be patient because I think that people will start their you know journey and I'll tell you like, I think, I don't know if it's just because I work with primarily first-gen folks, but I think we're so used to, at least as like a first gen community being like, when's the outcome? Mm -hmm. You know, when is the deadline? When is this over? And so I've had clients be like, okay, so like, when do I anticipate, you know, that I'm going to graduate from therapy with like this beautiful little bow and I'm going to go about my day, you know, have a little pep in my step and be good. And it's like, yeah. And I'm just like, um... (laughs) I don't think it's going to happen like that. And I don't have a time frame. Like, I think it's like being patient and compassionate with yourself because it's so hard to start the healing journey, be it in therapy or in any, right? Like, I think there's so many ways to, to have a healing journey to start that. Um, and so it's going to take a lot of patience. It's going to be a lot of hard stuff. It's going to fucking feel terrible and you're just going to want to freaking cry and you're just going to be like, screw this. But like, don't forget that you're in it for yourself. And like, you know, personally, I think like when I started my journey, I was like, I'm in this for myself and also the generations that follow. And like, mm-hmm. for me, it's been a reminder of like, oh, this doesn't happen overnight. Like I am the first one to like, as a therapist, even go to therapy in my family, like no one else has gone, you know? So it's like, you're the first one, most likely the first one to do it, right? I'm, I'm thinking about like the people who will probably listen to your podcast are Latinas and they're probably first gen folks like us, right? And so it's like, we are the first ones to do this. So we can't expect to be pros or experts or have this be a quick, a quick situation in general. Like it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of unlearning. It's going to take a lot of falling down, getting back up. It's going to take a lot of just everything. So like, being patient and compassionate with yourself, I think is key when you start 
when you start the journey. Preach, preach, preach. Love it. Love it. Okay. I had two more questions, but I had to throw that one in for sure. So (laughs) next question, what is the best resource that has helped you along your journey? This can be a book, podcast, app, workshop, anything. Um, my journey as like in general or as like a therapist, as a therapist. And then we're going to give you another bonus one within your <laughs> healing journey, <laughs> right? All these stuff. <laughs> sure. So like we're giving each other so many questions right now. Okay. So as in, I guess as a therapist, what's been helpful for me, um, dang, that's like so hard. I think it's like, seeing that one connecting to people in spaces that look like me have or share similar values um and also seeing like okay like all this like all the therapy right like all these healing things have been like have been brought to this like country if we're just talking about us in general but this has been ancestral medicine for so long like therapy did not start off at a school, you know, with like all these spaces, it came from different cultures, it, it came from different communities, and it was just overseas and then brought here, stamped with like, okay, this is what like you could have now as a license type of thing, or this is what you could do now. And so I think it's just remembering like, we, ha- we all have this within us. Um, you know, we don't have enough faces that look like us yet. But that's also the motivation to keep going. And so I think that's what's helped me of like, uh, I, you know, I'd like to be the face for someone. I'd like to be the safe, like a safe landing space for folks. And so this is why I got to continue to do it because I, I want to continue to unlearn these things. I want to continue to offer things in ways that it hasn't been before. Hmm. Okay. Next, next year's episode, the historical <laughs> background, like that's probably like its own thing to like unleash. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then um, last question, where can listeners connect with you online? Drop the handles, the websites, everything. I'll link them below too. Yeah. Yeah. So I have two um, Instagram pages and it's um, at therapy.with.melissa, double S with my American name. (laughs) And then I have my candle gig, which is at wicked.wick.candles. Um, those are the two Instagram handles I have, like, I wouldn't say I have like a full on site yet. Cause long story short, like I was already like through the database I used to see my clients as a therapist, they offered like a site. So I just stuck to using that. Um, so it's a Monarch page. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can like give you that link cause it's really long. Um, but also like, you know, and I have a link tree on each of like my Instagrams and like you could see like if you want to book a reading, like an Oracle card reading, tarot reading, if you want to book a free consultation, if you want to see me as a therapist, you can go on that. Um, And on that site, you'll see like all the information about therapy services, requirements, all that fun stuff. Um, So those would be ways. Um, Also, like I... I'm like trying to remind myself to put it out there, but I really do not answer to DMs. There's just like so much spam sometimes I get and stuff. So I don't really answer or respond to that. So when people are like, oh, like, you know, they'll book a consultation and be like, I like DM'd you. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't look back. Sometimes it's just like all these scams and all these bots. And I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time. So you can feel free like to email me. And that's also um, on there. But like emailing me would be hello at healingwithoutlimitservices.com is my email um or again like my link tree has all the other information where you can reach out awesome we'll link that in the show notes so people can find you for whatever they're looking for and thank you so much melissa 
for joining us on the Work Me Hot podcast. Thanks. And for everyone listening, make sure to follow Work Me Hot. Make sure to follow Melissa and keep up with more episodes. Until next time, bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Visit workmiha.com. That's W-E-R-K-Miha.com to pick up your new favorite Chingona Fuel Cafecito mug or our Bet on Yourself Mija and No Pares Mija apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun Latinx-inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Me Hot podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.